Yeah, do you, do you remember the, uh, there's that treachery card that's like the stank from Devil's Reef or something like that? Stank. Well, and, and we don't <laughs> like, have to do it today, but like, let's, let's brainstorm some ideas and do it sometime. I think that'd be funny. We could do like the, you know, the Innsmouth look. You like test <laughs> yeah. power three. Yeah. Well, it's an asset. And you know oh, FFG is going to be listening to this and jotting down all like a bunch of notes. <laughs> so when Probably. it comes out. Matt just furiously scribbling on paper. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, like that's weird. Idea. The main weapon for Guardian is blowgun. So oh, yeah, weird. Okay, Don't know where well, you got all, that idea from. That, that's all I had to say. <laughs> I feel like this entire session, I'm just gonna be like watching Man from Lang's like blood pressure and like son of a bitch. Oh no, man's fine. Look at him. It's calm as ever. It's not that Still early. waking up. You guys need some coffee or something. I already had coffee. Well. Oh. So it's time for an energy drink. Yeah. It's time for like six, apparently. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Oh, All right. did you, wait, did you say the number six? Three, six? Ten. Is that what you said? I did. Time for six. Okay, I thought you said something else. We're good. Let's uh, go. Let's go do it. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Great Old Ones Gaming Podcast, where we talk about Arkham Horror, the card game, along with other Cthulhu Mythos games. I am Nate, lost in time and space, and joined with me today is... I'm Man from Ling, host of the uh, Whisper in Darkness YouTube channel. And I am Innkeeper Vase Odin, host of the Twisted Tentacle Inn YouTube channel. Hey, and this is Nathan Jester of the Abyss. Uh, you can find me on Instagram on Arkham Horror in- in- Images of Madness. Couldn't get that out. By the way, Vase, what the hell are you adding an and for? You add the and at the end. And? You're like, and this is Innkeeper. I'm like, so I've got to be an and and? Yeah. God damn. <laughs> you know, so quick question, you know, on the, uh, you seem to change your name every, or title every episode, Nathan. Are you? Hey, hey, so, what do you think of that? So hold on. Jester so, so, of well, the Abyss, huh? Yeah, is that pretty good? That is I pretty, thought of that. It's pretty cool. Well, I was thinking. Well, because I crack jokes. You know, because. We are the great old ones, so Nathan, would you be Nyarlathotep? Would you be the god of a thousand faces, since you're the guy that's always changing his uh, his title on the show? I see what you did there. Uh, I did happen to notice you did that right after I chose a name. So, can I, can I talk to you over here for a minute? I thought we were going to go with side note. Can I, can I just, <laughs> hey, hey, so I couldn't help but think that you just, like, totally uh, shamed me there on that podcast, and... Uh, Wait, is this thing still on? Never mind. Let's talk later. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. So, um, just to catch our viewers up on what we've been doing lately, uh, let's start with uh, Vase. Vase, what you've been playing lately? Oh, man. I, it's been busy because of, you know, Black Friday and stuff. So, I've had very, very little chance to play any games at all. Wait, I'm sorry. Indeed. Black Friday. You mean Blackest Friday? Blackest Friday. Friday. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, no D&D, no Delta Green, and no Arkham Horror, the card game. I think I played, I streamed for the for the uh, League of Extraordinary Investigators, uh, Phantom of Truth. I didn't even have a chance to do a practice game. So, of course, I uh, was defeated by both horror and damage, which was interesting. Uh, and that's that's really all I've done in terms of gaming since our last talk. What about what about Nathan? What have you been up to? Oh, I see. So because I always push you under the Arkham bus, I okay, that's cool. I get it. I'm lying. I got to play with Nathan. We got to play Champions, Marvel Champions. How can I? That was fun. That? And Lord of the Rings. That was, that was fun. Super yeah. Fun. Yeah. Uh, in okay. one day, I showed people how to play Lord of the Rings LCG, Marvel Champions LCG, and I got to play Arkham LCG. It was probably the best day of my life. Don't tell my wife that. Uh, no, I've been playing a lot of all three of those, as well as uh, resisting the urge to buy someone's Kickstarter for Tainted Grail and building my Kingdom Death collection and painting it. So... Yeah, it's like all the irons are in the fire. <clears throat> but um, I printed off several new fan maids off of um, Arkham Central, which I, I help admin with Karsten. Uh, and I'm going to try those out. I only have about 60 fan maids I'm in the process of trying out. And then I'm still working on writing a fan maid. That's still in the works. But also I'm working with Andrew Migliori. He just came into the shop last night. He's got the next couple weeks off for the holidays. We've talked about some uh, new input we've had about Lurker in the Lobby. Our goal, tentative, is to have it done by the end of the year to the printers. And then we're going to have a big splash on the Facebook group and um, Arkham Central with the final version. Uh, We just want to make it really fun before we share with everybody. But um, yeah, so I guess to sum all that up, LCGs 24-7. Nice. Well, that sounds cool. So, obviously, Arkham's your favorite, right? I'm not a heretic. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. What about you, Van from Lane? What have you been up to recently? I've been getting ready for my playthroughs of uh, the Dream Eater scenarios, going through which decks I'm going to play. Uh, finished, finally finished recording all the uh, Circle Undone stuff, working on my reviews for... Dream Eaters, which I've been promising for, it seems like, months now. But uh, real life has gotten in the way, it seems, more often than not lately. So I will be, uh, I'm looking forward to getting those done so I can do the uh, Search for Kadath and uh, A Thousand Faces of Horror, which it probably comes out Thursday or Friday, I think. Yeah, I got a email saying that the pre-orders were shipping and I think that was Friday, so yeah, that sounds about right. Are pre-orders the same as pre-orders? Yeah, so I'm. I'll probably do a an abbreviated reviews for those just to, excuse me, catch up because uh, since I've been doing the Mythos Pack previews, I uh, review a lot of the cards anyway, and so rather than duplicate those, I'll probably just do a shorter one and. I think there's only four cards in search that I haven't talked about, so mm-hmm. four or five, I think. And I've got my weekly D&D group with a great bunch of guys from the U.S. and the U.K. They uh, finished their, we finished our first scenario, so we're 
We've got lots of different things they can follow up, and I'm one boss Very away cool. from nice. finishing Dark Very Souls. Very cool. So. And that, then I'll just catch up with my son, who's already, I think, he's in New Game Plus. So I have yet to beat Bloodborne, and I've never played any of the Dark Souls games. Those games... I don't know what it is about those games, but it's like you get into the mood of playing them and then those games just tread every ounce of dignity that you have as a gamer and you just I end up just putting the controller and walking away. Yeah, I don't I I tend to like the harder games like I back in the day I played Halo 1 Legendary and finish Ninja Gaiden and stuff like that and I find as long as I'm making a little bit of progress each time I take on a boss, I'm content. But but I have had those those situations as well where I think one even just I was playing last night and I'm just like nope. I'm, I'm <laughs> um, Nate, I I can tell that you're a little at a loss for words. It's it's a thing that all men from Lang have. It's that extra patience. It's it's a thing from the plains. Don't don't question it. It must be. Yeah I yeah I just get pissed every time. I like I spend two hours playing the game and then eventually I like I get to the point where I just don't want to. I don't want to fucking deal with that shit anymore. So I just drop the game and go do something else. Is that else. a game that you can save your progress like every point or you have to go back like an hour before getting to the boss and start from there every time you die? No, you have to go back. No, there's um there's a save point system. So basically you go back to a certain point in the level and you have to like tread your way back and all the enemies respawn. Yeah, it depends on the boss. Some of them are... There's usually a shortcut, so as long as you've got that open, it's it's usually not too bad. I was doing one one boss, and my son's like, why don't you just use the shortcut? And I'm like, I didn't even know a shortcut existed. So he showed it to me, and that made it much, much quicker. But uh, as far as Arkham goes, I'm looking forward to... Uh, I would really like to play Before the Black Throne more. Um, yeah... I enjoyed that scenario, but uh, haven't had to play it since play it again since I uh, recorded mm-hmm. it. So. Well, now that we've all had the chance to finally play through that campaign, we should really sit down and uh, hash out our thoughts of that campaign because I'd be interested to hear what you guys think of both the story and the mechanics of that campaign. But uh, as for me, I've been enjoying my new PC, so I played The Outer Worlds and I beat that and. I started a new um, Dream Eaters campaign, so I have Luke going through the Dream side and Tommy going through the Waking World side, and I played Search of Kadath, and I really like that scenario, so when we when we eventually talk about how that scenario works, I will be uh, Did you say head over heels Search in love with it. of Kadath? Search for Kadath. There you go. Because like search of Kadath, I just imagine Kadath up against the wall and you're frisking him. Well, I mean, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. It'd be kind of weird to do with a big giant castle in the middle of nowhere. But anyway, uh, so main topics for tonight's episode, we're going to talk about the recently revealed Barkham Horror the Card Game scenario, the Where Gods Dwell, or Where the Gods Dwell uh, reveal of the fifth Mythos pack for the Dream Eaters campaign, uh, we also quickly want to go over Delta Green Black Sites, uh, Ethernomicon, which is the Chaosium uh, collectible card game based in the Cthulhu Mythos, and 
we will round things out with uh, Nathan's Community Spotlight and Trivia Time. And we're going to announce the winner for Blackest Friday. Oh, yes, of course. How could I totally just blindside that? I'm so sorry. But before we kick off today's episode, if you like what you hear on the podcast, we would greatly appreciate you leaving a review or a rating wherever you listen to the show. It helps spread the reach of the great old ones and, you know, it makes us feel good inside. We love hearing from all of you, deranged cultist. Indeed. And if you want to piss Nate off, uh, join Patreon because then he gets money to upgrade his equipment and stuff. That is also true. And speaking of Patreon, if you want to support the show on Patreon, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash thegreatoldonesgaming. And we want to thank, as always, our charnel lord, Robert Bout, and the rest of our worshippers. You guys are awesome. Random patron shout-out this episode goes to Worshipper Old School Gamer, which I believe is also taking part of the Holiday Bag Challenge from the Mythos Busters, if I remember correctly. That is so cool. I think, yeah, I think they mentioned something about him specifically setting up, like, a uh, a prize or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, two months out, uh ends in january so he gave ample time so that's really cool so big shout out to old school gamer and yeah all right so guys barkham horror it's a thing awesome (laughs) it's really a thing yeah i I am really happy with ffg for um bowing down (laughs) to uh the uh shut it to uh what the community's been talking about i i just hope at the end of the day, I, I'm going to get it. I'm going to love it, no matter what it is, because uh, I feel like they listen to the fan base. I just hope they make decent money and, and it's as well-received as I would hope, so that there's a chance that if some other cool thing pops up in the future, that they take that risk, because uh, I think that's really awesome. Yeah, it's hilarious. So, uh, for for those who haven't seen the preview article, I don't know, Link to that will be provided in the show notes, but it's it's basically, if you're familiar with Magic the Gathering, it's basically this game's version of an unhinged set. Is that a fair assessment, would you guys say? I didn't yep. think of it that way. That's actually a really good comparison. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> some of these cards are just hilarious. Uh, so there's a treachery card in this product fan called Squirrel! Which says, it's a squirrel. (laughs) You must pass an agility four test for each point you fail by something. And then there's another card called Dog Monocle, which is a two-cost asset with an intellect icon. It has two horror soak, and it says Barkham deck only. You get plus one intellect while investigating and plus one skill test, I'm assuming, or plus one skill value during parlay actions, because, honestly, (laughs) look at you. Um, Going forward at all of the future Beneath the Waves events, there will be a Barkham Horror Table, and I will have some kind of uh, human, actually, food that looks like dog food, like, um, like, you know, like chocolate chocolate dog biscuits or something. <laughs> oh, my God, that would be awesome. I will, I will gladly make those. So, yes, that's a thing. Also, uh, was it last episode we had that... You had mentioned that there was an investigator card for Duke. Yep, and then they used pretty much that uh, exact thing. That's yeah. hilarious. Which makes sense. <laughs> so, so that's that's uh, so all of this is just absolutely hilarious. And it's funny. I've I've been trying to get my wife into Arkham Horror, the card game, and when I showed her this Barkham expansion, she fell in love with it. <laughs> and she's like, "When it comes out, we're playing that." So this might be her way in. <laughs> <laughs> but even if you're not a fan of the. Uh, 
the joking or I guess the the parody nature of this scenario pack, there is some kind of neat spoilers that you can derive from from a couple of the image fans. So it looks like there will be a a Jacqueline investigator card. If you look down at the second product fan, there is um yeah, there's the the paw reader. <laughs> so she's clairvoyant. And has a fast action that says, bury one card from your hand face down beneath Jacqueline Canine. And then you draw a card, limit once per round. And then it has another another ability with an action that says, choose and dig up two buried cards, returning them, blah, 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 blah. But, uh, yeah, so what do you guys think? And there's also a uh, Kate Winthrop as well. I thought you'd be more excited about the Kate I, Winthrop card. It's, it's definitely interesting to see the stat lines, for sure. So Kate Winthrop has a... A three, four, one, four, and Jacqueline has a five, three, two, two. So that's definitely very interesting. That would make her the third mystic with three, uh, with five. Yep. Yeah, it would be Agnes, Akachi, and Jacqueline. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, do you guys have any uh, speculative thoughts of what these investigators might actually do? No. <laughs> Not at all. I'm just curious to see how many people will be playing the dog investigators at various events going forward. Because while they say it's just for this scenario, I'm sure there'll be people running them through all all of the campaigns at some well, point. Yeah, I would imagine that's true. I don't think they want people to cheat for all those competitive tournaments and prize money. Oh, never mind. <laughs> you know there's going to be a ton of fan-made scenarios for the Barkham Horror set i hope so, so. I, oh you know there's gonna be i hope so i hope they do like a mini campaign with the with these uh with these like un unhinged sets because i think that'd be well just I, great i think it all boils down to how it's received yeah. you know if the sales don't show the numbers they need they they'll probably just let it die on the vine sure but i'm probably. saying fan but i'm sure you're gonna buy like four of them i'm gonna buy all of them yeah <laughs> <laughs> I had assumed that Nathan already had a fan mate. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. Uh, but, yeah, do you guys have any other any other thoughts before we move on to a different topic? I know there isn't really much to discuss with this set, really. It's just kind of a bunch of silly silly encounter cards. and. I think the, the one thing I did want to mention regarding the set is that FFG listened to the fans. There was so much hype after the April Fool's announcement of Parkham Horror, that and for them to actually put out a product like this because of the fan response online, I think it says a lot about FFG as a company and how they listen to fans. So it it's definitely a good sign for you know the company that makes the game that we love. Mm-hmm. Um, I will point out one small thing. I did ship Matt Newman a dog collar that said. Um, you have been warned before this whole thing happened. So I think that might have been peer pressure on that one. It's definitely at the very least subliminal. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go look that up. Yeah. Other other than that, I, th- I think this is a really cool way for FFG to drop little subtle spoilers and hints for future releases. I think that's a really neat homage. Uh, they did that with Tommy Muldoon. I remember you mentioning that yeah. in a previous episode. Yeah, I, w- I didn't come up with the idea. Someone someone else mentioned that it was the exact same investigator card, just with the you know the name and the image changed. But yeah, it was exactly Tommy Muldoon 
who was spoiled way before he came out. So way back in April when they when they announced Barkham Horror, the fake time, they actually spoiled Tommy Muldoon, and no one really caught it until after they released Tommy Muldoon. So I think you're right. Some of these other investigators like Kate Winthrop um, and Jack Jacqueline, I think probably will end up being the exact same or at least very similar to what's being released in the Barkham Horror set. So it's, I think it is a good indicator for sure. Alrighty. And then moving on to other news from Arkham Horror, the card game, uh, FFG spoiled the fifth mythos pack in the Dream Eater cycle, Where the Gods Dwell. This is scenario 4A of the Dreamcast campaign, which sees the investigators uh, journeying into the dreamlands uh, to prove the world's existence. And they, following the events of the Dark Side of the Moon, they reach the land of Lang, and they ultimately encounter Nyarlathotep. So what do you guys think about this uh, design for Nyarlathotep? And how it has at least five multiple, uh, five different Let's versions. give a spoiler warning before we talk a little bit further about it. Some people care about that kind of thing, I guess. Nathan. Wow. Wow, wow he just <laughs> mutes himself. Yeah, so spoiler warning, we're going to be talking about a spoiled card from the set. Um, I think it's really interesting. When I first saw the card, I'm like, really, that's all he does is one horror? But then when I read further, it's like, oh, you have multiple copies in the deck. And they have different effects. I'm sure that the encounter deck uh, is going to affect if it's in your hand. And for those who haven't read it, Nyarlathotep gets put into your hand as a hidden card. And you can't tell anyone you have it. Um, I think what happens, you die if, if you say something? or You're driven insane. You're driven insane, so you lose automatically. <laughs> but you can have multiple copies in your hand. And so I guess there's other encounter cards that are going to come out and have him do things to you, which is a really interesting design for the boss or for you know the main great old one. It's really cool. Something completely unexpected, but hinted at by Patrice's card. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I like how this scales in multiplayer as well. Uh, it's it's really neat that instead of just having this like one card, it just kind of sits on the table. And, Everyone just you know, beats on it. Like a, like a typical elite enemy, you know, you just have like one player, you know, manage the enemy and then the rest just deal with the scenario as it comes. But with Naralethotep, you kind of have to change that entire game plan on its head. Yeah. Uh, but on on that note of uh, encounter cards that interact with Nyarlathotep, there is one card that was spoiled in the article called Myriad Forms, which has a revelation effect that says, if one or more copies of Nyarlathotep are in your hand, you reveal them. Each one attacks you and is shuffled into the encounter deck. And if Nyarlathotep is in play, he moves and attacks as if it were the enemy phase. And if no Nyarlathoteps attack as a result of this effect, it gains surge. And then the art is just incredible. I don't know where they got that piece of artwork, but yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so the, those are some of the cool things. I hope that there's quite a few cards that kind of interact with him when he's in your hand or in play and have him do different things. It, it makes it for a more dynamic boss, so he's not just attacking you every round or hunting you and then attacking you. Like There's different things that it seems like he's going to be able to do based on your draw from the encounter deck. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm uh, looking forward to it. I mean, obviously we are traveling to the Plateau of Lang, so it's immediately an A-plus scenario as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> are you in the scenario? I'm pretty sure you are. 
Well, I'm probably the... I assume that the Corsair's encounter set will be there, so I will be there, at least in spirit, if not uh, in practice. That would be great if he was the, the end sure Elder be, God. It just is a picture of him up in Red Deer, Canada, and he's, like, smiling. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It would just have to be the man from Lang as as the final... Nair Lathotep isn't the final boss. No, it's the man from Lang. It even has the asterisk, so you know it's a That's unique right. enemy. When you when you flip over that final act card, it's just like, oh dear God, now we've <laughs> got to fight this guy. Yeah, the only the only thing I, I dislike about Nihilathotep is it doesn't work particularly well with online, with playing online, at least the way I play, because you can't. Hidden cards aren't uh, don't work particularly well, but. Uh, I think it's a it's an interesting design, and and uh, he is one of my favorite great old ones. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it. Uh, yeah, I am too. And speaking of how it plays, uh, Man from Lang, what do you think about the new player card? The one with the enemy is a, yeah, the the hound. Let me see here. Summoned hound is a three cost mystic asset that costs one experience point it has an intellect and a combat skill icon the ally and summon traits as an additional cost to play summon hound you must search your bonded cards for one copy of unbound beast and shuffle it into your deck uh, as a free triggered ability during your turn except during an action exhaust the summon hound to fight or investigate either attack with a base skill value of five or investigate with a base intellect skill value of five has three health and takes up a uh, an ally and an arcane slot, which is uh, the first time we've seen that. Uh, yeah, it's sort of like a, but sort of like a mystic duke. Yeah, kind of. Except it doesn't let you move. But that is, I right. think that's a pretty apt comparison. No, it doesn't let you move. But yeah, it's not it's not quite as good as Duke, obviously. But Duke is is probably slightly ahead of the curve anyway. So this is a. Uh, much more in line, but you know, setting your base skill values is is a strong mechanic. We've seen that. To, I mean, Duke is is proof of that. So I'm not too sure who would want to set their combat their base combat skill value at five, but uh, I mean, it would help. It would certainly help. It's another combat option that Mystics don't necessarily have a lot yeah. of. Maybe Diana. Uh, Diana. Diana. Yeah, maybe Diana. She could definitely uh, use that combat skill value. And, I mean, intellect is always going to be useful. But uh, I, you've got to shuffle a weakness into your deck to use it, which is immediately a, a concern, and that is the Unbound Beast. It's got three fight, three health, and three evade monster extra-dimensional Tindalos. Uh, the prey is the bearer. It has hunter and retaliate. And if there is no copy of Summoned Hound in play, you get to set aside Unbound Beast out of play. Otherwise, set an Investigator's Summoned Hound aside out of play and spawn Unbound Beast engaged with the same Investigator. So, so unlike Duke, this thing has a huge drawback that sucks. Yeah, set... So you basically lose the Summoned Beast... And gain an enemy weakness. And gain an enemy. Yeah, that's that's not good. That's, <laughs> I mean, they they. I'm. I think they sort of fixed it. Um, 
in that you shuffle this this weakness into your deck. Uh, but if the summon hound say was to leave play before you drew the summon be the unbound beast, then unbound beast is also removed. Unlike uh, I think it's bloodlust and the hungering blade, where you shuffle three copies of bloodlust into your deck, and then if the hungering blade leaves play, you get stuck with the three copies of bloodlust. Oh, really? Yeah, which is... Uh, oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, Jesus. that's not good. So uh, it's nice that they, they've fixed that on this card, but the, the fact that... I mean, maybe the, this is the intent. You're supposed to basically uh, use the Summon Hound, get as much value out of, as a, out of it as you can, and then sack it before you draw the Unbound Beast. So then when you do draw the Unbound Beast, it just gets basically put out of play. I mean, that still kind of sucks because it still takes a draw. Yeah. So, yeah, you're yeah. still suffering the, the weakness tax of, of losing your draw. And yeah, a three, of course, like three three health enemies are, are a pain to deal with. And you lose your summon hound. And yeah, I'm not liking the looks of this um, on the face of it. But who knows, maybe there's some way to... Uh, to uh, work around it. Vase, what do you think? I think the investigators that can splash Mystic are probably going to want it more than actual Mystics. First, because like Man from Lang was saying, the combat value, most Mystics don't generally pack skill cards that will help boost that beyond five. So, you know, it's not really going to help them that much. Uh, but then also it takes up an arcane slot, which are extremely, extremely coveted. Uh, so it's not, you know, it's not a card you generally want taking up a slot if it's not going to be using your willpower. So I think off-class mystics, maybe Diana is the only one I can think of that would want to pack this. But at the same time, she doesn't really have a whole lot of ways to mitigate drawing the weakness that comes with it. If someone, so let's say Carolyn, she can get um, secret cards, so Carolyn can at least mitigate that a little bit better. But I don't think Carolyn would want this card in her deck. So I can't think of anyone that would actually want to pack it. And you always run the risk of pulling that hound uh, and then, you know, pulling your weakness the next turn or the next few draws. And, you know, was it worth it? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. So it's, it's either a card you're going to build around, you're going to have to put in a lot of cards that will help mitigate the weakness, or it's a card that you're just going to take it as gravy when it comes out, but the drawback is so big that you you just never know if you can depend on it, so you, you can't really count on it. So Yeah, I, it, I could see, like you said, I think it's much better in off-class Mystics. Um, you know, Patrice kind of comes to mind, I could see it being kind of useful in her. Yeah, but you're gonna draw your unbound beast almost very quickly. Like how many how many turns are you gonna have before you before you lose the summon? Like you're basically losing three resources in action and a card draw from your unbound beast. If and when you pull it. So it's mm -hmm. and I think I mean I appreciate the fact that FFG has tried to experiment with these these um, weaknesses as bonded cards, but I think generally they're not very good. Um, Hungering Blade, I know, you know, when 
between Arkham Knights and, and Beneath the Waves. I don't think I ever saw it played. A lot of people on uh, in the comments section of the the spoiler video I did were, were pretty iffy on the whole idea of, of adding three weaknesses to their deck. Um, I saw it was the, uh, the Guardians of the Crystallizer. Uh, they were a constant pain or a thorn in our side during our, uh, our uh, uh, run through uh, the Forgotten Age at Arkham Knights. And uh, the Crystallizer seemed okay, but as soon as the guard, as soon as the the Guardians of the Crystallizer hit the table, it was just you needed somebody to take care of them, and they just chewed up a, a bunch of actions. And uh, so, I'm I'm not that crazy about these. Yeah, Nathan, what do you think? I'm curious to see because I know you always like cards for the the story they kind of um, provide the game. So I'm curious to see I just assumed that Nathan already had a fan-made scenario about these guys <laughs> <laughs> you, you just jumped the hell in there um, no I, I mean I agree with everything that's been said so far I don't want to delay things by saying the same things but I mean it, it's interesting I mean I want to try it out and the other card that was spoiled in this article is absolutely insane uh, Nathan since you didn't really talk about much of the last card, why don't you go ahead and read this card for us? Not a problem. Vase. What the <laughs> hell? Is he taking a nap? <laughs> a uh, I don't have it pulled up right at the very second, if you wouldn't mind reading it, Nate. Oh, sure. Um, so, it's nothing left to lose. It is a zero-cost event with cost... Well... Blah, 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 blah. Redo. Nothing left to lose is a zero-cost event with three experience and one will... And one wild skill icon, it is spirit traded, and it reads, if you have fewer than five resources, gain resources until you have five. If you have fewer than five cards in your hand, draw cards until you have five in your hand. Remove nothing left to lose from the game. I sincerely hope you leave that uh, tongue juggling uh, in there. That was perfect. <laughs> face, face, you're going you're gonna to want to look down and see the ball that you dropped. Uh, now that you're back from your nap. I've been listening the whole time. I just wanted you to read it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I need to skill up on my uh, newspaper. Wow. So, yeah, this card's ridiculous. I know, I know in the deck that I've been playing for the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen or Extraordinary Investigators, if I had... Six experience, I would automatically include two of these in my P deck. This is insane. So many of the survivor tricks and antics, um, you know, have you pitch your entire hand or have you ditch all of your resources, and then this card just comes in and completely refuels your game. It's honestly, it's incredible. Uh, Man from Ling, what do you think? Well, survivors don't have much in the way of, of card draw now that uh, um, if you're playing with the list of taboos drawing thin hit the hit the list so i mean draw five cards is is pretty amazing i mean that's that's better than cryptic research or or any of the secret tricks if you've if you've dumped your hand say if you're playing pete and you dump your hand to duke and then draw five cards that's i mean that's that's amazing or even to cornered yeah, yeah. To any to any of those abilities, you know, uh, Wendy, 
pitching her cards to to repull uh, chaos tokens, stuff like that. You know, it's it gives, and then you know having the resources as well, getting those five resources so you can suddenly boost your fire axe or something like that. I mean, it's it's pretty good. I mean, we don't have like gain five resources. Like if it was just gain five resources or gain five cards, you know, that's pretty amazing for free. And I think most and this card has both. Yeah, like what? And, and most survivors who who would you know play this card probably don't have any cards in their hand or resources so it is essentially gain five resources or draw five cards no it's yeah it's do both it's i mean ridiculous. nothing left to lose really <laughs> that's oh, true it is do both. topical like yeah, a cream i didn't realize that yeah so it is do both that is it's super strong it's uh, yeah, that's crazy. The weird part is it's not an exile card. You remove it from the game, but it stays in your deck for the next scenario. So yeah, you don't have to repurchase it, which is huge because three experience. I mean, what else do we have at three experience that lets you do anything even close? I don't. I don't think anything because even the emergency cash is it level three that gives you four resources. Level two, I level think. Level two, okay. Four resources. I mean, it or four. It's four resources or four supplies, right? Something like that. Oh, I was thinking of draw th- uh, gain three draw a card. But oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, case in point, yeah. really. You know, For three XP, I mean, it's huge. Um, luckily, they didn't make it a fast action. That would just be extremely broken. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, some, I mean, this thing even has a wild a skill to, icon. Somebody's going to find a way to abuse this card. Without question. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you're right. It, it's not useless like... Um, emergency cash that doesn't have any icons like you can still commit it for a wild icon which is better than any single other icon so it's it's definitely a bomb card that is for sure I think it's the first time that I've been really excited to spend three experience on a survivor card yeah me too absolutely because a lot of the other higher experience survivor offerings are hmm middling at best i guess yeah and the fact that it you, you guys think that's a yeah, f- i agree with you and i think there wasn't really a compelling reason to go full survivor per se i mean unless you like the investigator specifically but you know most splash survivors can go up to level two which were all the good survivor cards were between level zero and level two but this card pretty much is exclusive to survivors and lola and uh that's that that actually is a really really good reason to go single class survivor for sure. Um, Vase, next time I see you IRL, I want you to be wearing a T-shirt that says "Full Survivor or Go Home." <laughs> so just make that okay. Happen. I'll, I'll go ahead. <laughs> That's and- the least you can do for making me stand out here on the plane of Lang with the man, bumbling because you <laughs> didn't bother reading that. Whatever, I'm done. Whatever. <laughs> oh man. Yep, so it's definitely a bomb card. It's a really fun card. I can't wait to to try it out in a bunch of different Survivor decks. It's, I, I think Man From Lang's right. Someone's going to find a way to break it, and kind of like drawing thin, it's probably going to end up on the <laughs> on one of the lists, you know? Yeah, I could see it getting gaining Exile. 
if that was a route they wanted to go and have it cost more experience, but... Yeah. Well, we don't have any three-cost exile cards. Yeah. They're all one or two. Yeah, I think I you're think. right. So, um, yeah, I, I think it'll probably end up getting nerfed in some way. It seems a little too good on the surface. And if it's a little too good on the surface, then it's probably way too good in practice. Yeah. Because there's just there's just no downside to it. <laughs> I mean, you've got to remove the card from the game, but if you've if you've built your deck so you can gain five resources and draw five cards, um, yeah, there's just no no downside to it whatsoever. At least if it was exile, that would you know t- tap it down a little bit because you wouldn't pay three. You know, having to pay three experience points per time you want to use this thing would be, might dissuade some people. But even that, I mean, there's so few, like, so few of, like you were saying, there's so few really powerful three cost or three experience point survivor cards that I tend to find that, you know, toward the end of a scenario, that's when you start including a lot of the exile cards because you're just, trying to find stuff to spend your experience points on. And even if you had to pay three experience points per scenario for something like this, I'm sure there would be many, many players who would, who would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Or in standalone mode too. Yeah. In standalone mode for sure. I mean, there's no, yeah, there's no downside to this. It's, it's so ridiculous. I, I'm really surprised this card even see saw print with the text that has on it currently. It's really quite a shock to me. I thought there would be a word or in there, like you thought, Man from Ling, but nope, it's both. And it's dumb. Yeah, I'd sort of assumed there was an or in there because doing all, uh, doing everything is uh, is pretty pretty amazing. Especially in Arkham Horror, where you would think that a card like this would have some sort of weakness. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, I guess with so far the pack has one completely amazing card and then one or at least two with the summon hound and the unbound beast that are that will definitely need to to play around with to see if they're actually if it's viable. Yeah, summon hound is just I think it's so difficult to slot in a, in a main mystic like Vase was saying earlier cuz that arcane slot is so coveted. Like what do you are you really going to take out your your right of seeking or your shriveling so that you can play this hound thing? I don't I don't really think so. Yeah, and I think the ally slot is is has always been competitive, but I think it's gotten even more competitive as as we see more allies and I think seek our mystics in particular, they need a lot of you know, they've got a lot of really strong allies competing for that slot. I mean, you've got David Renfield, if you need the resources and willpower, you've got Alyssa Graham, if you need the the intellect and the ability to scry the encounter deck. Um, the card that I've really come around on is is just even Arcane Initiate from the core set, where that ability to draw a card for free uh, every turn is uh, is. is yeah, and Arcane Initiate has gained a lot and, of stock uh, recently because there's a lot better spells as events now too. Yeah, as yeah, as the spell as the number of really good spells has gone up, 
uh, Arcane Initiate stock has gone up, and I find I almost prefer it to to a lot of the other allies now if I'm playing a a, a build that has uh, has spells in it because you're just able to find them that much mm-hmm. that much more. Yeah, quickly. absolutely. Um, but moving on from where the gods dwell, uh, in other Mythos news, Chaosium recently uh, announced their starter. Uh, Kickstarter campaign for Ethernomicon, which is their collectible card game. Have you guys heard anything about this? I personally am not. I looked at the uh, the link you sent, and uh, they lost me. In <laughs> it's it's interesting. Uh, I'll I'll put it that way. I I don't. I'm not a big fan of the collectible card game uh, distribution model. Personally, I I want. If I want cards, I want to buy the cards that I want. And I I think that's one one boon for the LCG model that I've really enjoyed is, you know, I can get the cards I want to get and have all the copies I need. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just took a brief look at it and and I mean, they say that the the rare and ultra or there or whatever it was like ultra rare, the rare and ultra rare cards will will only, what's the word they use, like only slightly, will only give you a slight advantage. And it's just like, well, if it's only a slight advantage, then, you know, why do you even have right. rarity to begin yeah, with? Yeah, I, I I agree. It kind of, like, I, I get that they're trying to, like, I'm assuming emulate magic in that regard, but, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the initial set is only, I think, what is it, 64 cards, uh, they say? Yes. And then as part of the Kickstarter, you can buy, you can get a whole bunch of common cards. So, I mean, I have seen games where the this sort of power level has worked out well. I think, I think back to like a game like Vampire the Eternal Struggle where commons were actually it was i think the one of the few games out there that that got the distribution model right where commons were common in your deck and the uncommons and rares were uncommon and rare because they tended to have very either specialized effects that were that weren't always useful while the common cards did stuff you did every turn so I mean, if they could replicate that, then I would be, I'd be much more interested. But, but the uh, the deck, the the dice mechanic, that uh, I'm not crazy about that, uh, largely because I, I'm, I mean, we've, my son and I have played a little bit of Destiny, and and while I enjoyed the game, the the whole idea of storing all of these dice that you're going to end up end up with just really didn't appeal to me yeah i i kind of feel the same way man from lang it also um it feels like this game would have a lot going on on the board and i feel like it'd be hard to keep track of like like arkham lcg is already a hard enough game to keep track of everything because there's so much going on on the board but with a with a versus game like this where you know you need a clear clear sense of the game state i think the addition of dice kind of muddies the water, so to speak. Um, but to to kind of go over the premise of the game, um, you essentially you play cards, and cards have what are called mythos points, 
And then you spend those mythos points to play investigators or locations or items and monster cards. And then you have your investigators either solve mysteries or uh, remove enemy locations or fight monsters. And you try to um, you try to beat the mythos that way, I guess, versus another player, which is interesting. It kind of reminds me of the called Cthulhu LCG that FFG released about a decade ago. And it's, it's interesting. I think, I think if you're, if you're looking for a different type of, uh, Lovecraftian experience, this might be something you want to check out, but, um, Oh, hello moon. Did you want to say hello? I guess you did. <laughs> oh man. The cat has joined us after all. Well, we are, you know, we are in the dreamland, so it makes sense. Yeah, I'll probably give that, like, I'd, I'd be willing to give this a try and see how it, uh, see how it works There is out. also going to be an online version of the game, too, so that might incentivize people to want to play. Yeah, that might be more appealing. I've, I, I find that I've, after so many years of playing so many different card games, I have so many different boxes of cards, and and they become a real pain to store, so... The idea of buying more, yet more cards is is uh, not all that appealing. So an online option would be great. Uh, and other Cthulhu Mythos gaming news. Um, we had Dennis Detwiller on the show not too long ago, and he revealed uh, Delta Green Black Sites, which is a collection of Delta Green scenarios bundled into one giant book. And this... Uh, scenario pack also includes two recently unreleased scenarios, which is really cool. So, uh, Vase, I know you're a huge Delta Green fan. Yes. Are you looking forward to Black Sites? I am super excited about it. Super, super excited. Uh, I've played a couple of the adventures that are going to be, or the operations that are going to be in this book, and both were really good. Um, there's, there's a few that are pretty straightforward and simple, but they have like very creepy factors. Like sweetness is one that, you know, when I first read it, it was it's only a few pages long, so it's it's easy for a new handler to get into and, and kind of sort it out in their head. But the scenario when it played out in in actual function, it it actually worked out really well. It was more complex than it seems on the surface. So really excited to see some of the new scenarios and um, you know, and get this all together in one book. I really liked A Night at the Opera, which was kind of another version of this of this book uh, with a bunch of scenarios that they had previously published put into one bound book. Uh, so that one has a bunch of really great scenarios as well. So this one is probably going to be no different. It's going to have a bunch of awesome operations for you to play. And I think that they're structuring it kind of like Night at the Opera, where it's very loosely tied together. You can kind of play them in a certain order and have it make sense within your campaign. So that's interesting as well. Uh, although I'm also looking forward to an actual full campaign, which Dennis talked about when we had him on. So I can't wait to do the King in Yellow campaign once he releases that. Yeah, Impossible Landscapes is definitely going to be sweet. Um, yeah, I'm I'm interested to pick this product up too. As someone that's uh, that doesn't own a lot of the Delta Green content in in paper, I think it's really cool that you can buy these big bundled scenarios and run them as a campaign. And I think what's great about Delta Green is that you really, the scenarios don't specifically need to be made 
as a campaign to make them a campaign yep. because of the way that Delta Green is structured that, you know, you can kind of have loose operations connect one, one another, you know, just by, just by good handling, I think. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that that works out. Oh, look at that. Nathan, are you getting oh, into get Delta your, Green? Oh, get your, uh, I was listening, or I enjoyed the episode. I've listened to the first one so far where you were all doing Delta Green, and that was pretty awesome. I just want to say that Dennis was delightful to talk to, very, um, very cool person to have on the show, and I just wanted to thank him again for coming on. Yeah, definitely. So Delta Green Black Sites is currently in the pre-order stage. Uh, they're looking for about 140 or so more pre-orders before they start shipping the book. Um if pre-orders are filled by the end of December 2019, they expect to have the books delivered by February. So if you're interested in picking up a copy of Delta Green Black Sides, be sure to head over to arcdream.com and check out their shop. And a couple of notes on that. Um, sorry to cut you off, uh, Nate. Uh, Delta Green books are really high quality. They don't skimp out on the quality of the book, so you're not throwing your money into a print-on-demand type product. Also, they automatically give you a free PDF of the book you purchased. So usually what they'll do is if you pre-ordered the book, the PDF is released uh, sooner than the printed version and they'll email you that. So you'll actually have a copy in your email inbox before the book has even uh, arrived at your house. So that's really cool that they do that. It's definitely a great uh, great system that they have there. And it's it's yeah. also nice because you're, you know, you're supporting a local com or a small company too. Yeah, a great company. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. In other news, uh, there isn't really much in terms of news. Well, I guess there is. Actually, there's one more thing I do quickly want to mention. Uh, recently released was the game Moons of Madness on PC. Have you any of you guys checked that out yet? I know Man from Lang and I had had a little chat about it. I think it was last week. I'm not a big gamer. Yeah, no, I I haven't had a chance to. Uh, I've I've been waiting for it to go on sale. Well, you missed your chance, man, from Link, because it was on sale last week. Yeah, I'm looking for a little bit more of a sale. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bought it, and I'm going to check it out and probably play it on my live stream. So if you're interested in watching the game, you can head over to my YouTube channel, or when I have my Twitch made, I will also be live streaming it on Twitch. So... Is it an RPG type game, an action game? What type of game is it? I guess it's like a survival horror type game. I honestly, I haven't looked too much into the mechanics because I've been, you know, trying to keep my view of the game fairly, uh, fairly blind for my for my live playthrough of it. But but from my understanding, it's basically the story of At the Mountains of Madness set on Mars in the future. Oh. And yeah, it looks kind of in the same vein as uh, Cornarium or uh, what's the other game? Um, it's yeah, it's it's more like a walking simulator than it is like Sinking City was like an open world RPG. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it'll be a fun experience, especially on live stream. So I'm, I'm curious about this game. It definitely has some obvious Lovecraftian ties and... I mean, the game just looks beautiful. Yeah. Well, it has tentacles on the front cover, doesn't it? So <laughs> there are octopi on Mars. Well, and and also I had done a 
a thesis on Gothic literature, and one of the key concepts of Gothic literature is the removal of oneself from society to create a, another mindset. And different classic works do it in different ways. But when you go to another planet, you know, which is much more, much more removed than just mountains in the Arctic or down beneath the pyramids, etc., you really get that intangible quality of, of desolation adding to the storyline. So I think that's going to be a powerful aspect of that game. Speaking of Lovecraftian games, there was a game that came out a couple months ago uh, called, I think it was called Stygian. It was like an 8-bit type of investigator RPG, very Lovecraftian as well. Any of you guys played that one? That came out for what? It was, I think it was for PC. Yeah, I've I've been waiting for that one to go on sale as well. It looked interesting. I, I'm not a PC gamer, but I, I would probably buy that one because that seems more up my alley. Yeah, I, I heard sort of mixed reviews about it, but uh, I think it was, was it the combat system that was kind of wonky or I, I forget. But uh, yeah, it didn't, uh, it got, you know, okay reviews. So if it goes on sale, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'll pick it up and, and give it a try. I'm hoping that at some point here in the future, I'm going to probably separate out the the video game stuff from my channel, and so I can have the start a second channel that will just have the the Cthulhu gaming related stuff because I know there's different fan base for that than than Arkham Horror, the card game. Yeah, it, well, it, it just you know I, when I was streaming streaming the sinking city sometimes people show up thinking i'd be playing arkham horror and then they'd see i was playing sinking city and leave so probably easier just to separate the two out and then it will be everybody will know if i'm streaming on the one it will be arkham horror or Mm -hmm. video games depending well you've been doing a decent amount of streaming over the past couple of months man from lang you you streamed your circle undone campaign and you and I are actually going to be starting our own campaign of Return to Carcosa. Yes, that is uh, that is on tap tomorrow. We will be uh, recording Return to the Path to Carcosa. Uh, you are playing Luke and I am playing Mark. And we'll see how it goes. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. We, this uh, is our first time playing the campaign, I think both of us, right? You haven't played it either? No. Yeah. So this is going to be certainly a wild ride. Yeah, we uh, we managed to get. Uh, we were planning to have it out a little bit earlier, but uh, we had some bugs to iron out with uh, with Octagon. Um, long story short, they updated the program and hid all the files in places that I was not accustomed to. So, walking uh, Nate through setting it up was a uh, was a bit of a chore. But we've got. I think we've got it all ironed out. So. Uh, if all goes well, we should have that up uh, probably sometime this week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but with that, let's move into Nathan's community spotlight. Nathan, you said you had a uh, holiday-themed scenario you wanted to discuss? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that I've actually gone over it before. But since I've made it a Yuletide tradition, I wanted to bring it up again. So on ArkhamCentral.com... Uh, one of the fan maids is The Festival by, I believe, Matthew uh, Heidi. 
H-E-I-T-I. Um, it is pretty darn well read or well well written. I really like the imagery. I like the um, the gameplay. It definitely feels cool. I uh, I try to play it now during either Christmas Eve or Christmas morning uh, during the quiet hours when people aren't quite up yet. But basically, you're given a summons to go back to Kingsport. So you uh, you hop a ride to the train station. You arrive in Arkham right as the snow's starting to get heavy. It's actually too heavy to continue on by train. So you decide to, to walk the rest of the way there. And then as you approach Kingsport, you're in the, the middle of this you know heavy snow. And you're looking out at the waves crashing into the cliff it's it's really a fantastic setting cool gameplay uh i always want to play it a lot more but i restrict myself to once a year now uh during as i said the yuletide which i think just makes it a little more special but i'm going to be putting a um, a little contest up on on facebook about people trying it out so that's just a little teaser and a, once again a thank you to matthew for Creating the festive festival in the first place. Sounds like a fun scenario. I think you've talked about it before, right? On yeah. The podcast. Well, Vase, what do you think about getting together and playing it this I year, buddy? I think that would be fantastic and fun. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get together and have some like nog, yes, and chestnuts <laughs> or whatever, there and just go. make it happen. There you go. Maybe even document with some pictures to annoy and our maybe we'll uh, do a, you know, a white octopus. <laughs> kind of like a white elephant, but better. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Stuff left pops. Um, all right. <clears throat> uh, let's cue the music for the, uh, for the quiz. Nate. All right, okay. Now, you know what? You shut your whore mouth. All right. So uh, here we go. We're going to have uh, 11 questions. Uh, the first one we're going to start off with is pretty simple. Uh, Man from Lang, are you ready to win this? Oh, wait. Before we get into trivia, Nathan, oh, uh, we have our agreement, it. right? Wh- which we agreement? Have our, special, um, uh, our special agreement. I have, that we, you know. I have my Venmo app open now, Nate. So if there's <laughs> any type of agreement, I'm waiting for it to materialize on that. Okay. Uh, so as I said, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Eh, we're we're looking at about eleven questions. Okay, first question: um, the card we all know and love so well, Summoned Hound, has what two pips? A combat and an intellect. Boom, Nate, out of the gate. Good job, Nate. The arrangement is paying off. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, go ahead and mute him for the rest of the year. Okay, next one. Um, all right. So, alchemical transmutation—the uh, spell that I'm sure everybody runs um, in their mystic decks. What is the person holding in their hand? Is it a teapot? We got a teapot for a guess. Anybody else? A book. And any other guesses? No? Okay, in fact, nothing is in their hand. Uh, there does look to be some, some kind of object on the table. So, uh, so far, one Trick point question. for Nate. Next, we're going to a quote. They won't take us down that easily. Let God sort them out. 
Is that a card? <sighs> yeah, so I guess it's not the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you in hell? Uh, maybe, but we're focused on the quiz mm-hmm. right now, Nate. Ah. <laughs> Anybody else? I've got man from laying on mute, so I I don't think he'll be able to answer this entire time. Uh, the card itself is stand together. <sighs> they won't take us down that easily. Stand together. Yeah. yeah, that was tricky. Sorry about that. Um, it's everybody's favorite weakness. Your worst nightmare. What does this hit you for? How much damage or and or sanity? Well, worst nightmare must be sanity. So it must be zero damage. Say three sanity and two sanity. Boom! Yeah. Point vase. Yeah. Wow. We had a separate vase. One point. I was. <laughs> Here, here's the best thing. If somebody else was asking the question and you were doing that long-winded preamble from a mile away, I just would have said two sanity <laughs> as you were talking. Okay, well, see here. It's a, it's a weakness, and it's called your worst. Na- Boom! Two sanity. All right. Good, point. good job. Hired muscle. There are a couple objects on the table. Can you name them? Uh, brass knuckles and a knife. Glasses. Okay, anybody else? There's a gun in the picture, I think. Okay. Is it a gun and a stack of money? All right. So everybody did a good job describing things. <laughs> now let's talk about the answers. Uh, <laughs> on the table, there are bottles and a knife. A knife, of course, sticking into the table. I get half a point. Uh, there is a gun hanging from someone's shoulder from uh, Thuggalugga, looking at the, the person who's doing the art. So, in fact, no one got that one correct, but it was Valiant Attempts. So, Vase is winning at one and a half points, because I got half a point for that one. I see a theme in the questions this this time around with cards that... <laughs> wow. Uh, first of all, I take offense at that. Next card, Sacrifice. Uh, <laughs> it's a Mystic card. <laughs> all right. Um, can t- someone tell me... A goat. ...what Sacrifice does? <laughs> You can kill something on the board and either gain three resources or draw three cards or a combination of those. It has to be a purple yeah, I'll card. I'll give it that to you. Kill. By things, you mean mystic assets? Purple card. I said, oh, come on. You give them that, but you don't give me sheer. I'm sorry, Nate. We have a separate oh, can arrangement. I, can, can I talk to you for a second over here? Wow. Um, Nate, I can't help but think that you kind of... Um, oh, we're still on. Hold on. I'll come back. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and um, I still am looking at my Venmo and I don't say anything. I see two <laughs> points for Vase, one point for Nate. Next one. It's everybody's favorite, favorite hyper-awareness upgrade. So for hyper-awareness, the upgrade for two pips, two experience pips, what are the icons on the card? Two two like to two agility. agility. Two agility. Everybody gets a point. That was actually pretty sexy. All right, so we've got Man from Lang with one, Vase with three, Nate with two. Even though I got it wrong, I get a point. Awesome. See, I love this arrangement. Yeah, I'll give you credit <laughs> on that. For, I mean, everybody talked at once. I kind of heard the right answer. <clears throat> All right, next one. Everyone's favorite investigator, at least should be, because he's the best, Jim Culver. Can someone tell me his stats? He has four willpower, three intellect, two combat, and... Three agility? I thought he had three combat. 
Thought he was four three three two. Man from Lang Point. Ah, oh, damn it! You definitely had the momentum coming out of the gate. Good job, Nate. <clears throat> so I think that puts us at Man from Lang two, Nate two base three. Is yeah. that right? Wow. And that's only because Vase got a point for getting it. <laughs> um, it was sheer luck. Next one. <clears throat> uh, Key of Yes. Someone tell me what icons are on Key of Yes. Ooh. Or Yees. I don't think it has any icons. No icons announced from Man From Lang. Anybody else? A willpower and a wild icon? Is correct. What? Wow, that was a complete what? shot in the dark. Complete shot in the you. dark sometimes lands. Trust me, I was born. All right, so uh, we've got Nate for three, Vase for three, Man from Lang two. Yep. That sound right. All right, for those of you following at home, uh, Payday. Payday is a, a amazing card that all of you play a lot of. Uh, it is uh, one ex- What was that? That's what I thought. Uh, it is one experience to attain. Um, it has two types under the title. Can you name them? Two two types? Supply and illicit? Hmm. I think illicit is right. Anybody else? Um, I know it has illicit. Illicit is right, I but I can't think of the other one either. I, I think saying I can't think Fortune? of the other one is not an answer. Fortune. So. Fortune. Fortune and illicit. Oh, you both say fortune at the same time. Cool. Illicit and faded. Oh, God. Uh, I know. That's a shitty question because I wouldn't have gotten it right. But I'm looking at the card so I get to act like I do. <laughs> uh, good job. All right. So going into the final question, uh, I believe it's a tie with Man from Lang and Nate winning no. and Vase now losing. No. Is that not even close. Is that right? Well, everyone has admitted that you said the wrong answer. So I'm going to go ahead and just executive decision this to a three-way tie. All right. For I the back. I got the right answer. For the tiebreaker. How do we have a three-way tie with ten <laughs> questions? All right. With the tiebreaker. <laughs> because some people didn't get some of the questions right, Nate. Shut up. All right. Here we go. It's your favorite. My, um, I think it's Return to Carcosa, Unspeakable Oath. There are three different flavors of Unspeakable Oath. They've got specific names to them. Can anybody name the three flavors? Three flavors? You're talking about the new weaknesses? Correct. Oh, God. This is for the tiebreaker. I can't just give you something easy like, you know, who's the botanist investigator? Because that would just be too obvious. Okay. Yeah, I, I played one of them during the uh, during the uh, Iron Man. But okay, and, and you know what? Sometimes questions are too hard. So, backup question for those of you in the cheap seats. What are the three different colors represented by the three weaknesses? Aster. Yellow, red, and it's green. red, green, and yellow. What the... The hell, Vase? It was a Hail Mary. You don't Mary. see okay. Aster. It was a Hail Mary. Oh, <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, everybody, Nate is, is absolutely correct. It is red, green, and yellow. They are bloodthirst, curiosity, hey, and cowardice. I, I literally didn't hear it at all. 
So, I mean, do we want to have a final question? Let's do it. Go back to the tape. Yellow, red, and green. Yes, we need a final question. All right. Um, Earlier today, uh, Nate tried to mythos block me into giving me a new name when I already had a name. What was the name that I had chosen? Uh, Side note. Uh, Something about the abyss. (laughs) It was Jester of the Abyss? Nate, winner. Although uh, that was a good prompt from Man From Lang. So, uh, everybody, good job on the uh, trivia. I can tell that you all believe it was done very fairly (laughs) and uh, evenly with all answers accounted for. Um, yeah, so that was uh, my roundup for the week. Speaking of trivia, let's announce a winner for Blackest Friday. Yeah. Yes, yes. And we do have a winner selected uh, randomly from all the correct answers. Just so you guys know, I got so many responses for this, and 90% of, uh, 90% of them were the wrong answer. People were guessing. Oh, so wait, hold on. Before you announce the winner vase, can we can we hear the question and the correct answer? That's smart. Yes. The question uh, verbatim, how it was asked, I don't recall. Do you remember, Nathan, how you asked the question? Or what the verbatim uh, was? I do. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, vase. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... It, the bus coming in yeah. hot today. Oh, God, yeah. So it was, It's not stopping. It was supposed to be, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you said asset, but it was a card where a person is being drifted away into the ether, I think you said, or into nothingness uh, casually. Basically, someone is sitting there, uh, and half of them is getting blown away casually into the ether. And that's a very important word. Because there's nothing casual about shriveling. That's some bitch getting blown away. And that was the you know number saying? one most common answer was shriveling. And then we got yeah, that's not casual. We got shriveling. We got missive relay were very common answers. Uh, someone I think said leather jacket. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think overall I had over sixty, maybe even seventy responses. And yeah, Damn. yeah. Uh, we got maybe 10 or 15 that got it right and some after a, a couple of tries <laughs> so the winner of the blackest friday which uh is just to announce the prize here um great old ones here we go they're getting all the deluxe deluxe expansions plus the two-player great old ones play mat now in white uh so basically the winner of the contest is Matthias Redbow. Matthias? Matthias? I think it's Matthias Redbow. Oh, cool. So he is the winner of the Blackest Friday contest. Well, very cool, man. So, Matthias, make sure you get in contact with Vase and we will be sure to uh, get those out to you. And and just to confirm, the correct answer was really. No, I didn't even give the answer. Sorry, guys. Uh, the correct answer was recall the future. A very what? difficult question. This thing was so tough. Wow. Yeah. Probably your toughest so, question, Nathan. So let me, let me ask you a quick question. So people had weeks to look at all the cards, uh, mystic cards, and, and see the obvious answer. So is, is am I right? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would have never have guessed yeah, that. Yeah, me neither. 
So kudos, kudos to everyone else that yeah, did. Yeah, no kidding. And some people were like, there is no other card that it could be other than this. And they were correct. <laughs> I don't know how they figured that, but yeah, yeah. Very well done by a lot of people. They probably Venmoed Nathan. That's it must probably be. what it was. But they still It lost. was a very, very profitable question. <laughs> 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 well, is there anything else you guys want to uh, mention before we round off today's episode? Oh, uh, whose channel are you guys posting the game on? You, uh, Nate and Man From Lane? Mine. On your channel? Okay, cool. I'll, yeah. I'll look out for it. I'm very curious yeah, to see it should be. It should be up this week, I think. Sweet. So, yeah, be sure to uh, check out our campaign of Return to Carcosa. Um, I'm still streaming my campaign for the League of Extraordinary Investigators as well as Vase. So we've been banging that out. And we're currently on, what are we on? Uh, Phantom, Phantom of Truth? Phantom of Truth just no, got yes. completed. So, yeah, we're... But we're both ranked ranking wise. We're both kind of in the middle. You're above me. You're ahead of me by a few spots. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now we're going to be playing uh, Pallet Mask. Hopefully, I'm hoping to play. Hoping to play tomorrow, December 9th. But we'll see. We'll see how long the game with Cameron takes. But aside from that. Um, yeah, I think that's about it for today's episode. If you liked what you hear, be sure again to leave a rating on whatever platform you listen to the podcast. It really helps us out a lot. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash thegreatoldonesgaming and pledge any dollar amount that you wish. Uh, it comes with some pretty cool benefits, uh, special access to our Discord server, along with uh, first dibs on any RPGs that we run, which we do also record and broadcast onto our podcast. And we also have a Discord channel, uh, so that'll be linked in the show notes. But other than that... Um, well, also, that anybody that becomes a Patreon can write to Innkeeper Vase, uh, and he will send you something. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> that, that is 100% maybe true. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but I've been Nate, lost in time and space, and joined with me today was... I'm Man from Ling, host of the uh, Whisper in Darkness YouTube channel. I'm Innkeeper Vase Odin from the Twisted Tentacle Inn. And this is Nathan, I am a stepfather. Well, well hopefully we'll get better with this outro thing, but we'll see.